0: So this is what we're talking about today. Say it with me if you want to discipleship, dating, destiny. Discipleship, dating, destiny. If I want to add a few more words in there to change it, a disciple dates for destiny. So if you're a disciple of Jesus, a disciple dates for destiny. I hope that gets stuck in your head. That when you're in in, in when you wake up, ugh. Discipleship dates for destiny. For those of you watching online, a disciple dates for destiny. And so, uh, to break this down, though, if you, uh, for the uh, we're icing the cake on this series of discipleship and dating. And so, uh, we've had a few other messages. Go on the podcast, listen to them, re-listen to the um, the Q and A question response panel that we had with a team of people. All great content that we'd love for you to be able to get a part of you to go to the next level. But so what is a disciple? Great question, right? So what a disciple is to, to explain it. So we can be a Christian who believes in God. Well, that's fantastic. Satan believes in God. The devil believes in God. So a Christian isn't just someone that has an acknowledgement of God, because the devil does. So a a disciple someone doesn't just acknowledge God, but is a follower of God, a follower of Jesus. So that's what a Christian is, is a follower of Jesus. And so the the the, the way that you get this, uh, the start the journey is it's thinking being born again. You get born again and you go, well, I don't just want to know about God. I want to be a follower of God. And so I become a disciple, right? And so then once you start becoming a disciple, you do certain things. You go, well, Jesus says i got to be baptized, so I decide to get baptized. So if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, a step you've got to take is be baptized. If you want to be baptized after this service, come say, hey, Pastor Josh, hey, Pastor Claire, hey, Chloe, we want to be baptized, how can we do it? So a disciple gets baptized. And so being born again is the start of the journey, and if you want to get born again, we'll give you that opportunity at the end of this service to have that opportunity. But you get you go on this journey of discipleship. And so a disciple, as I said before, dates for destiny a disciple dates for destiny and so we can often get it wrong and we try to fit our faith around our relationships oh but God says you, our relation like but God wants to say that your relation like God says our relationships must fit around our faith because it's about destiny so I'm going to read it how I read here so to make more sense um, we get it wrong when we try and fit our faith around our relationship. But God says your relationship must fit around your faith. And I want us to understand that as disciples, no longer do we fit our relationship around God. Oh, well, I'll have youth over here. I'll have church over here and God over here. And then I'll have my boyfriend over here. Now, God's saying your boyfriend or your girlfriend should fit around your faith. And we've got to live with that understanding that a disciple dates for destiny. And so our key text tonight is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. So 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 14 to 16, and it's going to go on the Sky Bible behind us. Look at that. So the temple of the living God. Interesting title for this part of this Bible. The temple of the living God. And so verse 14 says, Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. Hmm. Don't team up with those unbelievers. Then you may be familiar with the quoted normally from the New King James translation, which says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So I often hear people talking about not being unevenly yoked. They're reading it from the New King James translation. Next slide for us, Seth. and We're going to continue to read to verse 16. So do not team up with those who are unbelievers. New King James, don't be unevenly yoked. How can righteousness be partnered with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Two things I want us to really uh, unpack from what we've just read. First one would be uh, the team and yoke. We're going to unpack that, and the second one would be. we are the temple. We are a temple. Interesting thing. So we'll start with the second one. We are a temple. Who's familiar with Easter? Yeah. What happens? Jesus dies on the cross and rises again on the third day, which is awesome. He died and rose again. First person to ever do it. Very cool things. That by himself. So Jesus dies on the cross, rises again, and then something really interesting happens when Jesus dies on the cross so for those that be familiar with the story it says Jesus hang on the cross breathes his last breath and at that same time uh, other crazy things happen the sky goes dark everywhere but one of the crazy things happens there's this thing called a temple right and this curtain rips from top to bottom in the temple and so but to take a back step though so what makes a house a home That's a question for us what makes a house a home People, good, everyone give Michaela a clap. Exactly right. What makes a a house a home is someone lives in it. That's Because there's a lot of houses, but it's a home when someone lives in it. The temple was the house of God because the temple is where God dwelt. His actual spirit, the Holy Spirit dwelt within the temple. That's where it was. And so there was all these crazy rituals, kill sheep and slaughter them so humans could make their way to God. But when Jesus died on the cross, the temp, this curtain tore saying that no longer do we have to work our way to God, but God worked his way to us. That's something to clap about. Like we're so grateful that no, we don't have to come to church and go, here's my sheep, let's slaughter it. I'm pretty excited about that, that I don't have to do that. Because no longer do we have to make our way to God, Jesus made our, his way to us. And so no longer does the Holy Spirit dwell in some weird building, It dwells in us. We are the temple of God. And so we can think, well, we're not some weird building. No, because we are the housing place of the Holy Spirit. We are the housing place of Jesus. And that's what's really cool about Easter. So that's the first thing we understand about we are the temple. We actually hold something of the supernatural in our lives. God, and if God lives in us, we've got to understand, just like there was rituals and things to be holy to get to God, we got to understand we got something special in us. And if we got that special thing in us, we can't be doing things that dishonor that something special within us. So then the second thing then um, was the yoke. And so some of us may be familiar with yolks, the yellow thing in the egg. Yes? No, wrong yoke. A yoke is, yes it is a yoke, but not the yoke we're talking about. When it talks about, in in 2 Corinthians, a yoke, it's that bit of wood in between two beasts of burden. And so a beast of burden could be many animals. It could be a donkey, could be cows, uh, mules, horses, so many different beasts of burden that a yoke brings them together to do a job. And so a yoke basically joins two animals together. Easy as that. You could put two humans in a yoke, whatever it joins two things together. And so um, the the reason. And so back in our like in our day today, we got tractors and other machinery. Back in the agricultural cool days, we used to have to yoke the animals together to get the job done. Like and so uh, and so to understand what it means to be like unevenly yoked, right? If you have a healthy animal and a dysfunctional animal, broken leg, whatever the dysfunction could be. Um, it is unevenly yoked, right? Because the healthy animal is limited to the what the unhealthy animal can do. So if you've got a, a fully strong animal, then the one next to it's got some broken leg, the good animal can only work to the level of the dysfunctional animal. Does that make sense? If one of them's legs busted, the good one can't, won't just be able to drag the other one along. It can only work with the dysfunction to the one beside it. And so... That is the purpose of a yoke. We want to see animals working together, but if it's unleavenly yoke, you got one stronger than the other, it, there's, it's not going to have its desired result. And so the reason why they yoke things together is this word called synergy. And to say that, synergy. Synergy. Here's a, we're going to sh- jump to the end right now. We want a destiny of synergy. That's what we want. And so I'm going to explain what synergy is, but we want a destiny of synergy. So this is what one dictionary says. Synergy is interaction interaction or the cooperation of two or more organisations, substances or other agents to produce a combined effect greater than the sum of their separate effects. Now that sounds really weird. So we're going to break it down. Seth, let's see the next slide for the pictures that we got there. So... Those there are two horses in synergy, and uh, I think uh, another name for those horses are draft horses, right? And so we're going to do some mass. Can we go to the next slide, Seth? Thank you. So welcome to Mass School, right? So the mass says one draft horse can can by itself lug along eight thousand pounds. So one draft horse on its own can lug along. 8,000 pounds. So, what would everyone assume two horses together could do? Let's see the next slide 16,000. But we are wrong. The real mass is, thank you, Seth, 24,000. So, two horses together can actually produce more than on their own. That increase, that multiplication, is a word called synergy which is interesting so you we would assume 16,000 is all that they could achieve but they together paired up they have this thing called synergy and they can actually carry more weight than they could do on their own divided and so it's an extra 800 pounds together they're creating now I think that's a pretty awesome thing God designed that in in the way he created earth he created synergy that we think oh 16,000 he goes no no I'm going to put some multiplication on that and we're going to create some synergy to do more And so uh, a more uh, easy to understand English way of describing synergy, so the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. So synergy can particularly be illustrated through two horses pulling weight. A draft horse on its own can pull up to 8,000 pounds. However, when two draft horses uh, work together, they can move up to 24,000 pounds. And I think that's just amazing. And so uh, to, to illustrate this more, so as I said, God created synergy. It was his design and it was his plan for creation. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 30, it says, How can one person chase a thousand of them and two people put 10,000 to flight? Now, what putting, so this is like a battle example, We're talking about going to war and making people flee from you. So it's saying one person can chase away a thousand people, two can chase around can put to flight 10,000 saying, putting flight saying, get out of here, we're chasing you. It's so this is another way of saying the same thing. And so God is saying, well, if one person could do 1,000, two people together can do exponentially greater. And and because God is a God of synergy. He creates synergy. And I believe God has a synergy destiny for you, for you on the live stream as well. God has a, de- a synergy, uh, synergy destiny for all of us. And um. Going back to this thing about being unevenly yoked, evenly yoked, all that stuff. So often we could hear things like this. Well, um, don't be unevenly yoked. Don't be unevenly yoked. Don't be unevenly yoked. And I could hear that and go... Why does God hate non Christians? If I'm a Christian, why does God hate non Christians? They look attractive. They talk nice. They, they they wave to me. Whatever the thing that we might be attracted to a non Christian about, we could say, but why does God hate non Christians? Why does He. But it's not actually the case. Um, he doesn't hate a non Christian. He just loves you more. That's what we've got to understand. It's not about He doesn't like non Christians. He actually likes what He's got on your life and wants you to have synergy. God isn't anti-Christian, he's pro-synergy. And we've got to understand that if we're going to be evenly yoked, we want to come together with someone that has what the call of God has on on your life, multiply and grow in synergy, not be cut short because we're unevenly yoked. Because you've got the call. I believe everyone in this place has a call of God on your life. And if we're going to go, well, we'll just go here, go there, we'll cut ourselves short from the synergy God has for us. So he's not anti-Christian God doesn't hate non Christians; He loves them, but He loves you so much more and wants you to be pro synergy. and And so, uh, one youth, us leaders, myself, Pastor Claire, Chloe, we could all test. Would say this: We are not anti dating. We're not saying we don't say in the youth ministry you can never date. We're not going to say that, but we are going to say we are pro synergy. So we might say, "Hey, we think that's a warning there." Danger, danger. We're not, but we're not saying it's anti-dating. We're just pro-synergy. We don't want you to waste your life on on a relationship that wrecks your life. We want you to get into a relationship that creates synergy that has a greater impact for the kingdom of God. Not just oh well, oh, I'm happy with my eight thousand. No, I want to be a person that goes. I want to team up with the right person and produce twenty-four thousand. Can I have a clap if someone agrees that that can happen? So, so a disciple dates for destiny and so one youth I want to have a a place where we see power couples out of this place that are anointed by God that on their own we say well Alyssa's an awesome 8,000 pound carrier but she'll get teamed up with the right person and they'll become a a power couple that sees 24,000 pounds being carried in the spiritual dimension and so destiny and so when we're talking about a discipleship dates for destiny, I believe your destiny is a call of God for your life. And when we, through the, we, when we read through this book, Hebrews chapter 11 is full of faith men and women of God that had a destiny and because they had the call of God in their life. And I believe all of us have a call of God for our life. Some people are going to be missionaries overseas. Some people will be pastors of churches. Some people will just be um, uh, great business owners, it doesn't, it's not like, ministry is just not what happens on a Sunday at church. Ministry is when you go, God, what have you called me to do? And I'm going to be faithful with that. I'm going to see change. And so, and I just believe that we're going to see power, destiny couples that have this best synergy ever to see miracles take place. And so, um, Moses had the call of God at a burning bush. A young man named Samuel was in the temple of God and his voice spoke to him at night. And so God can speak to us in many different ways. The primary way is through the word of God. You might be, you, like so many times I'm sitting in church and at youth and people are preaching and God's speaking to me. There's so many ways God, different ways that God will speak to us but like the men and the women in the bible had the call of God I believe that we can get a call of God and and we go that's my destiny that's where I'm called to be and I don't want to be unevenly yoked and be with a partner with a relationship that holds me back I want to be a partner that when we come together we see the multiplication we see the increase we see God do something powerful that we could have not done in the natural synergy is something that can't be done in the natural but when it comes together we go god we're getting in on your plan and believing this this union is going to be, be something powerful for the for the future and so um there's many different ways though we could be unevenly yoked the most typical one would be uh as i said like before you might be um um a Christian and a non-Christian that's like the number one unevenly yoked you can be two Christians and unevenly yoked you might have a person goes I want to go live in Africa and be a missionary which is fantastic and the other person goes well I want to be a missionary in India well that's that's not going to work. You're going to have to find the, the missionary that wants to live in the same area to be evenly yoked so you're not going, well, I really want to be here and I really want to be there but they can come together and see God is something powerful. So that's another thing. So you might both be believers but we've got to make sure that you, the calling is the same that you can be, have greater influence. Um, and and so, yeah, so I, basically we just want to make sure that God, you're going to bring us the right people in our life, that we can be aligned in the right way to see synergy and destiny as our future. If the music team wants to uh, come back, I want to close in, in, with this last illustration too. Term one started and we had a one night. Who remembers that? We had all the pizza over that side of the wall. Very cool. We had a lot of pizza. How's the olive, Seth? You remember the olive pizza? That's all right. <laughs> so... We had those olive pieces that didn't get touched. Beside the point. So we had the one night, and who remembers we watched Robert Morris talk about the blessed life, and he had the message uh, entitled, It Was All About the Heart. Everyone uh, remember? All About the Heart. And there was, at the end, we'll review, we had those review questions, and one of the questions was, does our money belong to us, or does our money belong to God? And it opened up a really interesting debate, because if we believe the money belongs to us... We generally will be greedy because it's just like, no, I can't give it away because it's it's mine. But if we have the understanding, well, actually, my money belongs to God. We don't have that same grip on us because we go, well, God gave it to me. What is it to me if I give it to someone else? Because God will provide to me yet again. And so we had to we, we learn this thing. And so a disciple understands that. So if, gets the understanding, well. Um, my money isn't mine. A disciple goes, God is my Lord. He provided me with my job. And so my money actually belongs to God. And so then a disciple then understands the concept of tithing. Now what's tithing? Some people are cynical about the church they say that's some tax that the church makes you give them. No, we're not going to ask you how much you get paid. But when you come a disciple, you go, God, I'm convicted. I want to give my tithe, my ten percent of my income to the to. Uh, to, to the kingdom of God, to church because it's a Lord issue and so we can worship God through songs uh, who, who hears songs on the radio? so songs aren't worship because there's songs everywhere but we can use songs to worship God does that make sense? songs can be used to sing about whatever we want but we can also use songs to worship God in the same way money can be used for whatever we want but when we commit our tithe to the kingdom of God we actually saying God just like why I use songs to worship you I'm using my finance to say, "You are Lord. You are in control, and my income comes from You." And so that's why I give my offerings because I go, "God, I trust. You are my Lord. You are my provider." And so I give my offerings to to God. And so, um, and then then the disciple starts tithing. We get a disciple takes so the next step and goes, "I'm not just going to tithe. But I'm going to be generous and go over and above." Giving and so you. my youth offerings aren't my tithe, I tithe the church. My youth offerings are me going over and above, going, oh, I'm so blessed by God, I'm gonna invest into other areas until I invest into the youth ministry. So that being said, I've got a, an illustration for us, right? About synergy. And so the the our church has a, a special offering that's over and above our tithes called One Priority. Is anyone familiar with one, one, one priority? So each August we'll put in our church will. Give money and say, God, we want to give money to one priority to see what we do as a church get better. So we see the playground that the kids' church work on, we have that because of one priority. These seats that you're sitting on, you're sitting on them because of one priority. We got air conditioners that work because of people gave them one priority. Where people said, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to give that we can see what we do here at One Heart get better? Because people are going over and above their tithes they and we're going to give generously in an offering. And so I am not married, so I go home and I'll say, so like I've, last year I saw God said, God, how much do you want me to give in one priority for 2022? God gave me a figure and I started sacrificing each week, putting away money that I can give that figure into one priority this week. And I've got to tell you, it's a sacrifice. It's not an easy step, but I said, I'm going to take a step of faith, make a sacrifice and save up to that amount that I can be, put my money in at one priority right so because i'm single i just gotta go god what are you telling me and i go with it but when i get married i'll have the opportunity to have synergy in my decision and so i hear a lot of i would say heroes in the faith um, that i hear them talk about and this is what they do and so the husband will in his private time with god will um find his place and seek god and be like god speak to me today wow Yep, that's what I needed, Jesus. Whatever. Okay, yep. I'll work on that, Jesus. God help me work on that. Right. He, the, the, the husband will go into his place of private time with God, seek God, and then he'll say at some point, God, one priority's coming up. How much do you want me to give this year? Like we um, what what you, what figure is is our family going to give to one priority? And so the husband will go, Alright, God's told me a thousand dollars, right? So then The wife will go... The wife. The wife will then uh, find her place to seek God. Oh, Jesus, I'm just here to hear from you again today. Oh, yes, my husband needs that. Yes, he does. God, give him more grace. Ooh, yeah, maybe I could be more forgiving. All right, God, help me work on that. So the wife's doing her time with God, and then she says, God... One priority is coming up. How much are you telling our family to give to one priority this year? And then God tells her $5,000, right? Because she has more faith than the husband. And so then then the wife goes, Oh, oh. hey, honey. <laughs> How are you? Right. They come together for the illustration. They come together and they say, how much did God tell you that we should give to one priority? And he goes, oh, yeah, I'm really passionate. We gave 500 last year, but God's told me let's double it and a 1,000. And she's like, well, oh, God told me to put an extra zero on it and go 5,000. And then those couples then go, well, we'll go for the higher amount because it's a bigger faith risk. And there's synergy in that. And, and so that is one way where they're evenly yoked. Because they go, you know what, we're both in it for one priority and we're going to come in this together, seek God and do something special. But in, in the sad circumstance, if you're unevenly yoked, the one partner will go, well, I want to give this. And the other partner will be like, there's no way you're giving that money to the church. But when And that's just one little element of being evenly yoked. But I want us to be a youth ministry where we have our destiny of synergy, where we're no longer worried about... being limited by what our partner does, but we go, God, I have a destiny where where if you are called to go on a mission field, your partner says, you know what, I'm packing my bag we're in this together. When you go, you know what, we're going to start a youth ministry in some town that doesn't have a youth ministry, your partner says, you know what, we're in this together. I'm all for it. And so I want us to see a youth ministry where young people get dreams of the call of God on their life, and then that we then step into that and not limited by the things because we went, oh, well, they look really cute. They had a nice smile, but then they've stifled my destiny. So can we stand, and I just want to pray for us in faith that we can live a life, that we can have a destiny of synergy. That we as young people can go, God, we're no longer going to be content by just living life status quo, but we're going to live a life where we pursue uh, uh, as disciples. We're going to be a disciple that dates for destiny. That we're going to have we're going to we're going to have eyes to see what's attractive in, in the kingdom of heaven. And so, and so, right, if all of us right now, why don't you just raise your hands? I'm going to pray in faith that we can uh, see. Um, so, uh, miracles take place. So for those watching online, God, for those right now in the building, God, I pray for us, God. I pray for fresh eyes, God, that we would no longer, um, yes, it's awesome that we, there's people that are attractive around us, God, but I pray that our eyes wouldn't just see what's attractive in the flesh, God, but we would see what's attractive in the spirit. People of faith, God, people that, that have that can take a risk people that would go you know what we're going to we're going to live a life of synergy and and have a and live with our destiny in mind, and not see the unevenly yoke and break it. And God, we don't want to be limited by the dysfunction of this person beside us, God. But we want to be propelled by the health of the person beside us. So, God, I just pray that you'd help us uh, have dreams and visions implanted in our hearts that we could move forward in a fresh way. Where we go, God, this is what my call. This is what my call is. And God, help bring me the partner. Help bring me the person that would uh, uh, line me up with that so we're just going to sing some of these songs